How you doing, Purpose Claremont? Hey, real quick, just to share um, from today's reading, actually, Hebrews chapter 9. Um, I think today was 8 and 9. Oh, I'm sorry, 9 was, today was 9 and 10. Um, but 9, uh, 9, 11, and 12 um, stood out to me, but especially 9, 14. So let me pray, and then we'll we'll jump into this real quick, and then pray you have a great day and are used by Jesus. Let me pray. Jesus, please, please share um Please speak as you did this morning and share with all of us um, just the beauty in these verses, um, what it is that you stirred my soul up with. Um, I pray that it's conveyed well over this podcast um, and blesses those who hear it. God, I'm so thankful for the community that you brought together. Um, Purpose Claremont community is absolutely incredible. I'm so thankful. Um, Continue to use us for your purpose and making disciples who make disciples and making disciples who... Um, and then with the goal of seeing everyone everywhere following Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, so the writer of Hebrews says this, verse 11, but when Christ appeared, now just stop there for just a second. And the thing is, if some of you um, who are listening, if you attend the Sunday morning worship gathering, I'll probably be using this uh, this passage um, this week, if, well, maybe next week, but maybe this week as well, just as we're jumping into our new series um, just a two-week thing as we kind of approach the Christmas season. But those four words, but when Christ appeared, there is so much in that. Think about the God who measures the universe with a span of his hand, Jesus, the Son of God, um, who's limitless, uh, made himself fit inside the womb of a teenage girl and became human. Um, and the whole purpose behind it um, is conveyed here. It goes on, as a high priest. So when but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through, then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Even during Christmas, we need to come back to what it is that he did. The cross... Um, the cross overshadows the manger. The cross of Christ overshadows the manger of Christ. That when we come to Christmas, I know we think of baby Jesus in the manger. And again, I'm going to be bringing this up on Sunday. So when you, if you're there and you hear it, just pretend like you've never heard it. But the cross of Christ overshadows um, the manger of Christ. So it's kind of like picture the manger just sitting there. And it's in the shadow of the cross of Jesus. Because his whole reason for coming was that we would be redeemed. And then think about thus securing an eternal redemption. So if you've surrendered to Christ and you have a relationship with God through Jesus, um, trusting yourself completely to the grace and mercy of God, you've experienced forgiveness, the Holy Spirit of God has come into you, and your eternal redemption is secure. You will make it. And it's yours. It's a gift that he gives to us. It's just amazing. And then he goes on, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. So he's talking about all those Old Testament sacrifices and how even the Old Testament sacrifices really weren't um, accomplishing what they thought it was accomplished because later on he says it's impossible um, for the blood of bulls and goats to actually forgive sin or bring about forgiveness of sin. But then, So he's talking about the Old Testament and all the sacrifices that were made so they could be made right with God. 
all of those things pointing to Jesus, and you get to verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, listen, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. There's three words that stood out in that in that verse, verse 14, purify our conscience. And here's why. Purify our conscience. I, when, I was, when I was reading through that, I was writing my notes. Um, I just wrote this kind of like my, it's my conversation with God. I just wrote, you want me free, not just forgiven, and not just free from sin, but also free to live. Now, don't get me wrong. I think like when you hear the, when you hear the part, you want me free, not just forgiven. I'm not downplaying forgiven. But a lot of times what happens is like, well, Jesus came, died on the cross, came back from the dead. You surrender him as Lord of your life and you're forgiven. And that's really all the ta- that's kind of talked about. But here you have the writer going, okay, so he, yeah, you, you have rightness with God. Like you're right with God because of Jesus. You're considered righteous. But he goes on and says himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience. He wants us free from all the junk of the past. Like, from the dead works of the past, the dead works that we could get into now, the sin that so easily entangles, which he talks about in verse or in chapter four. I'm sorry, not chapter four, but later on in chapter twelve. But God wants our conscience clear, clean. He wants it cleared. He does. To, I, I'm convinced he doesn't want us living in uh, regret of the past, wishing we had done something different or never had done that one thing which changed the whole trajectory of our lives. Guys, you have to realize that God redeemed us, bought us back. Um, right from right where we were. And even before we knew him, he was using our story and he was inter, like interacting and moving. And our whole story is part of his amazing, gracious and mercy-filled, redemptive plan that we get to convey and portray and declare to everyone around us, this is what I was like. This is what happened when I surrendered to Jesus. And this is what it's like been like ever since. And so to hear... To purify from con- or purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God, so we are freed from the past. We're freed from dead works. We're we're purified. Our our consciences are purified, in order that we would serve God. In order that we would live. So not just not just forgiven, but free, and not just free to not sin, but free to live and to serve God. And then I wanted to share this. I'll just close with it as I read in chapter ten, verse. 19 through 25, just because it's such a powerful passage of scripture. It says, therefore, brothers, and that would be brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, that means we can go into the very presence of God, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, here it is, let us draw near. Oh, isn't that fantastic? I mean, this is probably... Oh, three or at least three or four times that I've seen that phrase to draw near. Let us draw near. We can draw near to God. Um, the writer of Hebrews is really trying to paint the picture. So the stuff that you're seeing with the curtain and making a way, that's kind of a reference to Old Testament. The high priest going to the most holy places, the most holy places, there's this curtain that separated the most holy place from the rest of the temple. And so he would go in once a year, offer a sacrifice in order that the people of God could be right with God. And here he's saying, okay, but Jesus went in and made it so that we could, what, draw near to God. So let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And then watch verse 23, let us hold fast. Now watch it. So there's there's these there's these uh, let us statements that the writer makes. So in verse 22, let us draw near because of what it is that Jesus has done. Because of what it is that Jesus has done, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so realize that our relationship with Jesus and our following Jesus is a commitment. It's not based upon emotion. We want to be faithful to him. Um, And there's going to be days where it's super, super mountaintop experience. And then there's other times where it's the valleys and, and all of it. We just keep moving forward in commitment because Jesus is worth it. And then verse 24, and let us consider... So that's the third, let us. So let us draw near, let us hold fast, let us consider, but consider what? How to stir up one another to love and good works. And so, yeah, so I'm, I get to draw near to God and then I'm, I'm to check myself and make sure that I'm committed to, to, to my relationship with Jesus. I'm committed to him. And then I'm committed in stirring up other followers of Jesus to encourage other followers to do good works with and for other believers and then it says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, that we are called to meet together. And so whether it's a Sunday morning, Thursday evening, if it's a home church that we're part of, all of the above, we should never neglect meeting together. For what purpose? But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day as you see the day drawing near. Guys, this was such a good time with, with Jesus for me this morning. I just want to pass it on. Um, hope that you're, for those that are in the reading plan, hope you're hanging in there with it. We are almost done. And then I think we get a week uh, off, which sounds really weird to say that. You can kind of read whatever you want. When I say off, it doesn't mean don't read um, or don't spend time with Jesus. I'm just saying uh, without the reading plan, just kind of maybe, I don't know, whatever you've kind of thought, well, I want to repeat that. Then go for it for a week. And then we're going to start the new one come January um, with the whole family. So adults, we're going to have three or four chapters a day, and then um, students are going to have about a chapter or so a day, and then little ones, our purpose kids, are going to have a verse or two a day, all from the same reading plan. So I just want to pass that on to you. So be looking for that. Other than that, guys, have a great day. Love you guys more than you know, and we will see you later.